the South Coast End Zone Podcast. Extended coverage of high school football from sports editor Lori Lose of the Standard Times. Now, the South Coast End Zone. Welcome back, high school football fans. This is the South Coast End Zone Podcast. We are your hosts, Sports Editor Lori Lose, and I'm Digital Sports Editor Brennan Curie. How you doing today, Lori? I'm doing pretty good. Hanging in there. All right, so we're recording on Wednesday, heading into week four. We're going to go recap some of week three and look ahead to all the week four games. We'll start off with the game of the week. You're featuring this one in your uh, week four preview. Lori, it's Dighton Rehoboth at Old Rochester. Yeah, one of our uh, remaining undefeated teams, uh, Old Rochester. Uh, this past week, we had, we had three going into week three. One, two left standing. Two, two left standing. So uh, Old Rochester and Bishop Stang are left. Um, so for Old Rochester, this is a, a big matchup this week. They're playing Dighton Rehoboth um, in that South Coast Conference large matchup. Um, Dighton Rehoboth is 2-1. and one. And they're actually, Falcons are coming off a pretty solid win over Somerset Berkeley, 14-3. Uh, to three. Uh, That kind of solidified them as the other team to beat yes. in the SEC large. We were kind of curious to see was what was going to be Old Rochester's toughest test, DR or Somerset Berkeley, and that probably showed us it's going to be this week. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it, they haven't scored a lot of points, um, the Falcons this year. In their, four, or in, in their three games, they've scored a combined 44 points. Um, they opened the year with a 25 to 20 loss to Canton, um, and they beat Plymouth South. I think it was 10 to 10, 10 to six. six. Yep. And then, um, th- like I said, the Somerset Berkeley game was 14 to three. Um, but the defense, I mean, I think that's the huge thing, even though they give up 25 to Canton, um, Canton's a really, really good team. Um, and then to only hold, you know, basically the nine points in the last two weeks, um, you know, so they're. That's going to be a little bit of a challenge, I think, for Old Rochester is, you know, I talked to Coach Kogler yesterday, and he said uh, this is going to be, as far as the regular season, the toughest defensive team that they're going to see all year. So, you know, that the offense that's putting up, what is it, uh, well, over 40 points a game? Yeah, yeah, 42, 39, 42 are their three scores so far this season. Yeah, so, that, so, so that, 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 that offense is going to going to fit. And has been scoring a variety of ways, too. I mean, last year it was kind of, you know, Harrier will. Yep. This year the passing game has gotten a lot more involved. Uh, was it uh, five passing touchdowns already for Cole McIntyre? Yeah, yeah. No, he's... he's uh, Making his mark this year on the passing game. Yeah. And uh, Tyler Noe and him have connected now four times in two games. Yep. So that's looking like a really dangerous connection. So I was after the week two, which would have been Tyler Noe's first game for the Bulldogs, I was texting a, a friend who's also a fan of high school football, and I, I put my over-under on Tyler Noe touchdown receptions this season at seven and a half, and he said that he'd take the over. And I talked to him after week three, and he said he was glad he was taking the over <laughs> on that. He's got four through three weeks, but only two games. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, it's, it's definitely, uh, you know, a much more balanced offense for Old Rochester this year. Um, you know, there's a lot of different guys that are, are, uh, are contributing, and it's not just one way. You know, last year it seemed like, t- uh, you know, defensive te- teams could just, you know, load the box in and try and st- – even though they didn't technically stop the run because – Slow them down. Yeah, slow them down. You know, and um, then when you got into a passing down, you struggled. Yes, um, but they're going to have to pass this week, um, definitely, against uh, a Dighton Rehoboth team that, uh, you know, is – traditionally you know they're always really good they're always sound um they usually uh, this year they they like to pass more themselves um this year than years past but usually they like to kind of grind it out you know take long chunks of time off the clock and not really give the opposition much time to have um 
the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, one thing when well, I was... Rochester's defense might be up to the task, though. I mean, that yeah, would be the other question. They're is, playing strong as even well. Even if DR's defense plays well, will they be able to, will the Falcons be able to score? Yeah, I mean, because they have... Nobody scored yet so far against uh, Old Rochester. many weaknesses. Last year, you could throw a little bit on the Bulldogs. They yep. didn't have the great just, uh, corners. But this year, with uh, No and Anthony Childs and Johnny Hamilton out there, uh, that's a much better secondary. They added Dylan DeWolf to the linebacking core. Yep. And they got a rotation of about seven or eight guys. It, it reminds me a little bit of the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, obviously not at the NFL level. But last year, the Eagles kind of rotated these guys, so they were always fresh on the defensive line. And even if you didn't have that you know, kind of stud defensive end, like they might have had a couple of years ago with like a Grant Reuter or something, you know, you, kids are always fresh. You know, they always had got a breather and they're just kind of ready to go on every play, even into the fourth quarter. Yeah. So uh, and uh, the, I guess the big question for, for old Rochester heading into this week is the uh, is the health of uh, Will Garcia. I yes. know he had an ankle injury that he suffered uh, last week. And uh, I think it's probably going to be what I've been told, a game time decision of whether or not he'll play, um, you know, so. Even even if he doesn't play, I mean, they still have a lot of weapons out there. Um, but uh, it, wouldn't it does just be, hurt. He is their best yeah. bat from watching them in person. I mean, they got some quality backs, but he's the best of them. Yeah. So so we'll see. Um, you know, like I said, it's it, it'll be like a game time decision on that if if he'll play or not. Um, so, but this is a big game. You know, whoever whoever wins this game, pretty much, you know, kind of has that that. Uh, I guess you, position. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for, for the, the for the SEC conference. Large. Yeah. So I mean, because basically you beat Dr. and then if you beat Somerset Berkeley. It's yours. Yeah. yeah so. right, they already beat Vogue. They already beat Aponiquit. Yep. So, um, But, yep, that game is Friday night. It is at Old Rochester at 7 p.m. So that is our uh, I'll be there tweeting on uh, the at SC underscore varsity and uh, looking forward to getting my second chance to see the Bulldogs and uh, really just to see how they do go up against, you know, really stout defense. Yeah. So another one. Now, normally these are uh, Saturday games for us with Old yes. Colony. Yeah. But they got a little uh, Friday afternoon affair going up to Blue Hills for a 4 o'clock game. Cougars are coming off uh, being shut out yeah. last week by Cape Cod Tech. I was surprised with that when I, when I saw, when I saw the, the, the tweet that we had. That yeah, 8-0. Uh, not a whole lot of offense. About 250 yards of offense in the whole game between yep. the two teams. So there wasn't a whole lot of moving the ball. Old Colony did move it decently in the first half. Uh, but then struggled in the second half. And they're just, uh, they need something out of the passing game. It doesn't yeah. need to be a ton. It hasn't done much of anything all year. Three yards. Yeah, three, three yards. passing one, yards. One of 17, inter- I think. Yeah, four interceptions. Four and interceptions. Three of them were in that game. They actually got lucky on a couple of them that there were some blocking the back calls on the uh, returns. Otherwise, uh, there would have been some uh, first and goals from the one or the two. Uh, for Cape Tech, but uh, Blue Hills, it's not going to get any easier. No, no. Blue Hills uh, actually uh, got its first win of uh, one of the season last week, beating uh, Monoboy 22-20 to in overtime of that game. Um, one of their uh, their senior, James Wallaboo, um, he actually put the Warriors on his back in overtime, and he scored the t- uh, tying touchdown on an eight-yard run and then had the uh, the, the conversion to lift them to, to victory. Um, but Blue Hills... Uh, not to say they're going through a similar thing with uh, Old Colony, but they graduated 12 seniors from last year's team. So they're, they're kind of a, a group that's maybe trying to find themselves as well. Trying um, to decide if they're rebuilding or yeah, reloading. Yeah, rebuilding or reloading. Um, so they opened the year with back-to-back losses to Hull um, and to Carver, um, which, um, you know, uh, we actually think Carver is the team that uh, Bishop Stang is playing this week. You know, uh, we'll be talking about that later. Um, but that's the two losses they have this year. And the quarter, uh, quarterback um, for Blue Hills is Andrew Bryant. Um, he was a 
converted wide receiver uh, that turned quarterback last year. Um, but he's kind of a the, the man, you know what I mean? Like everything in, on the offense kind of goes through him and how he goes is how Blue Hills goes. So that'll be the key for uh, Old Colony's defense. But it sounds like the offense really the defense struggled. defense played pretty yeah. well in that game. I mean, all things considered. And uh, they played pretty well. Every, I've seen them twice this season. And they've allowed two touchdowns in those two games that I saw total. So I'm not too worried about the Cougars' defense. Uh, it's the offense. Uh, the pat, the running, the passing game has been non-existent. The running game has had its moments, but hasn't really been able to sustain. Yeah. And a lot of those carries that they need to go four or five yards are going two or three yards, which means you know instead of getting to third and one, they're suddenly getting to third and four. And then it's a two-yard run, and then you either punt yeah. in, or you know, then all the pressure's on on a fourth and two or something. So they kind of really need those those blocks to kind of be perfect. Uh, they don't have exactly that just absolutely dynamic kid that they might have had a couple no. of seasons ago. Uh, so they just kind of really need the teamwork and the cohesiveness of that offensive line and the blocking, and then the timing in the backfield. You know, because they they run out of a few different sets and they do a lot of misdirection in the backfield. So they kind of get just got to get it all to kind of gel together. Uh, but I mean, it seems like they have the pieces. It's just uh, you know, Putting matter it it's going to kind of all come together. And I know after the last game, they were talking about getting a little more serious in practices this week. Uh, you know, the two and zero start can you know sometimes get you a little relaxed and be like, oh, we're really good. We yes, can beat anybody. Yeah. So sometimes it's good to have that little wake up call. All right, and that game, like we said, is a uh, Friday afternoon game, four p.m. Old Colony at Blue Hills. So now we're going to a team that uh, desperate need of a win here: New Bedford yes. at Barnstable. Uh, six o'clock start yes. at Barnstable, and uh, the Whalers, if they're hoping to make the postseason, got to start winning some games right now. Yeah, and I mean this. This is de- not to say the other games haven't been winnable because their first two they only lost by a couple points, um, and even last week they were in that that Bridgewater random game. But this is the game that you know. This is where they this get is on where track. They should win. Yes, this is where they definitely should win, um, especially now that that it seems like the offense has come together. Um, you know, they they ended up putting uh, double digits on the. Um, for scoring uh, on the board last week, they ended up scoring two touchdowns because that was the problem the first few Which weeks. Doubled their uh, output touchdown for, yeah. total for the first two games combined. For the first two games, and uh, and their defense really played. You know, I, had, I we can't really even though they gave up twenty seven to Bridgewater Raynham. I mean, you can't really knock the defense. The defense has been strong the first three weeks. Um, so, you know, it just was a matter of the offense getting going, and it sounded like True Williams. You know, he finally. You know, him and Baron Hilton yeah. finally started Connect. connecting a little yep. bit. There was it six catches, I think it was. I think so. I, I know uh, True threw for something yards for two hundred. Yeah, two hundred sixty-nine yards and a touchdown. He was eighteen of thirty passing, um, and then uh, he connected. Uh, let me see if I have Baron stats in front of me here. But Baron was. Uh, I want to say it was like six for one hundred twenty, just off the top of my head. Yeah, uh, one hundred forty-seven. Oh, even more. Yeah, and a touchdown catch. So, uh, and and six catches. So, I mean, they were able to really, you know. Finally, yeah, make finally. that connection there because that had been lacking through the first two games was getting Baron Hilton the ball and he's just such a dangerous weapon. Yeah. But but uh, you know it it sounded like though you know they 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 had the success they scored a few times but there still was opportunities that they that they didn't take advantage of you know they went deep into Bridgewater Random territory quite a few times and failed to score um, you know they turned over the ball twice um, they ended up uh, one of the turnovers was a pick six um, the other kind of served a little bit as like a punt on a third and long. Um, so it's, you know, they're still, they're getting better on offense. They're finally starting to kind of get that, get in that groove, but they're still making some of those mental mistakes and some of those errors that, you know, to beat a team like 
you know, Bridgewater random team, you know, you play perfect. Yeah. Last week. So, uh, but the defense forced a couple turnovers, which was big, um, you know, last week as well. And, uh, you know, Barnstable, uh, one and two, um, they're actually the coming off a, uh, 28 to 14 loss to Acton Boxborough, which I don't know a heck of a lot about Acton Boxborough. Yeah, I, I do. Um, they opened the season. Sounds like a nice place. Yeah. Sounds, I think I'm assuming it's two places, Acton and Boxborough. I, but I would assume of, so. Yeah. Um, but there, but, uh, Barnstable opened the air with a 20 to 13 win over Dennis Yarmouth. Um, but they've lost two straight games to Braintree and to Acton Boxborough. Um, their quarterback, uh, actually not their quarterback. Um, they had a receiver last week that caught two touchdown passes. Connor, um, Baldessio. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. Um, perfect. Yeah, perfect. 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 Mom just texted me. You got it right. Yeah. Uh, quarterback is Matthew um, Pietroski, Um and he's kind of been, you know, the focal point of the offense. Um, you know, he's got a little bit of experience, and uh, you know, it sounds like those two guys, at least for the first three weeks, have connected quite a few times. You know, so uh, it sounds like they've had a pretty good um, passing game, and uh, you know, it, it's hard to say because Barnstable. You know, a few years, about four or five years ago, was really, really good. Mm. In the last few years, it's kind of been that team that, you know, hasn't really been at that level again. Yeah. You know, like I know Dartmouth, not to say Dartmouth goes there and beats them, but, you but know, Dartmouth goes there and beats, beats them. them. New Bedford last year, you know, uh, it was at here, uh, beat them pretty handily. I think it was 38 to 8. Um, but this is, this might be a game where, where hopefully if everything comes together on offense for the Whalers, that they can have one of those showings where they're putting up 30 points in the game. And they and, need that boost. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm sure mentally that would just be good, kind of get a weight off the shoulders. Yeah, have a huge you know, putting game. Putting some points on the board. But, I mean, we, this is only week four, but this is must win. Oh, yeah. Bedford. If, they, if they're going to make the playoffs, they no, have to they win at this, this point. So, uh, so that game is, uh, like we said a little bit earlier, at 6 o'clock um, at Barnstable on Friday night. So the next one, uh, another we got a whole bunch of kind of crazy start times this week. Oh, this one's normal for a Pontiquit. They're starting yeah, all their games at six thirty. But uh, Greater New Bedford Vogue Tech is traveling up to Lakeville to take on the Pontiquit Lakers, coming off their first win of the season. Yeah, um, this uh, I, I, t- I actually covered this game last year um, at Vogue Tech. Um, you know, it was a at that point I think they both were winless going into that matchup, and it was kind of like, all right, who's going to get their first win? Um, this year it's a little bit different. Pontiquit, you know. Jumped a little bit nice ahead. Nice little win over the, Yeah, night, like a really solid both win. both of us wrong. Yeah, uh, definitely, definitely, uh, you know, underrated uh, Pontiquit last, year, uh, last week. It was tough coming off that old Rochester game. It was kind of hard to yes. know exactly how to properly rate them because coming off the Middleborough game, I think we'd both been pretty enthused. You know, yes. Not that either of us saw it, but just what we heard from it and the stats and all that time and just how they had the lead. And then I saw that old Rochester game and it, it was kind of hard to determine how much of it was just old Rochester being great. Yep. Upon would having an off day, they weren't perfectly healthy. I, th- I still think they're still probably not perfectly healthy. No, not, th- not as far as I, I know they're not. Um, I know this past week, even without Brent Dixon and Shane Cooney, um, they were able to, to, to beat uh Seekonk 21 to six in that game. Kevin Hughes though. I mean, and this kid has really stepped up since week one of this year. Um, last week he's carried the ball 16 times for our, 97 yards and then chase gorman i mean a couple I know, of sophomores are both sophomores yeah you know chase gorman um you know he hasn't had a lot of success throwing the ball this year um even it's last been week, close at least when yeah, they all rest the game it looked like it was close they like, weren't that far away yeah. from the passing game clicking yeah like he's uh last week he was four of 11 for 61 yards 
but he did have a four, uh, 54-yard touchdown run. So he's starting to kind of maybe add a little bit of that or that running game to his because he's got a great arm, mm-hmm. you know, and he's going to be really he good. He has a stature yeah. now. Yes. He has a size, yeah. you know, that he didn't have as a freshman. Uh, so, so being able to add that kind of dimension um, to his uh, to his repertoire is going to not only help them this year, but you know, next year and hopefully the year after that. Um, but Kobe DeRoja's. I think uh, one of the big pick passes was that Hendrickson, that uh, yep, yep, another he's, sophomore. The he's, been ha- he's been having a huge season for them. I'm trying receiving to, yards now. I'm trying to look it up. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, under, under one receiving yards. Yep. And uh, I guess no, no touchdowns yet, I guess. I no. I had one, but yeah. But um, yeah, but they've connected. You know, like they've connected quite a lot quite of sophomores a few times. there yeah. in those skill positions. And I mean, that just builds for the future. Yeah. You know, definitely. Um, but Kobe DeRoja's, uh, you know, the former starting quarterback last year, um, who's really kind of been a standout on defense um, the early going this year. He had a 72-yard interception return for a touchdown uh, to really seal that game against Seekonk, um, You know, in the the second half, but. Uh, you know, it wasn't a perfect game. I know the Pontiquit won. Um, they did, you know, have long stretches where they were able to move the ball, but then they had 11 penalties for 107 yards, which you got to clean that up. That. Yeah. Yep. So, um, but Vogue Tech, uh, you know. They, they ran into the buzzsaw last week, known as Old Rochester. Yes, yes. Uh, you know. We the, might just, when we, like, start thinking and trying to visualize how good these teams are, we might just have to take the Old Rochester games out of the equation. Yes, yeah. And just kind of look at the remainder, because uh, the Bulldogs might might just be on another level right now than everyone else in our area. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, that la- was, what, 42 to nothing last week? 42 to nothing, and um, I don't have the score in front of me from the week before against... 39 nothing against the Pontiquet. Oh, oh, oh I'm, think, I'm thinking Vogue Tech. Um, I know they, they scored. I want to say they scored the first touchdown the week before against Somerset Berkeley, and Somerset Berkeley scored like 42 straight, yeah, and then they tacked like on a touchdown. So, like, they've given up over 40 the last two weeks, um, Vogue Tech, but they played Old Rochester and Somerset, which, you know, I mean, we'll see two how. Two of the top yeah. three SEC yeah, large yeah, teams. Yeah, SEC and large teams, say. yeah. But uh, last, t- uh, last week in Old Rochester, uh, the Bears had uh, 100 total yards of offense, uh, 67 rushing, 33 passing. Um, you know, Ethan Almeida, I mean, the numbers aren't huge, but he led the ground game with 15 carries for 24 yards. But this is against the Old Rochester defense that hasn't given up anything to anybody Nothing. so far. Nothing. So Nobody's gained on him. I think it's tough to kind of really, um, you know, use this as, as a measuring stick. Um, but of the Bears' seven possessions, um, six of them ended with punts and one was a turnover on down. So, you know, this will be a week, hopefully, you know, they're, you know, a year, or not a year, a week a week older, a week more experienced. Hopefully they can put that loss behind them last week to uh, Old Rochester and really just refocus, you know, against a Pontiquit team that's that's improved, you know, and, and see, you know, they, they should be in this game. And you, if you play it. the score game, you can make an argument that it can be close, right? Cause, yes. Because Voke beat Fairhaven fairly closely. Fairhaven and Seekong played a very no, even Volk game. No, Fairhaven beat Voke. Oh, yeah, sorry, Fairhaven. Yeah. Yes, Fairhaven beat Volk, but it was a fairly close yes. game. It was a 19-14 or something, was it? Yeah, I think 19-13, yeah. 19-13, something like that, yeah. Uh, then Seekonk and uh, Fairhaven played a very, very close game. Yep, and Seekonk by one won point. by, yep, one. And then Aponiquit was able to go and beat Seekonk, but didn't blow them out. Yes. So, you know, all, all of these teams have kind of played... Well, and I think they both, I uh, think Aponiquit and, and uh, Volk both lost to Old Rochester like 40-something to nothing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So 39 and 42 to nothing. Yeah, yeah. So uh, not, not that you want to use that as a comparison, but um, yeah, but I think this will be, this will be a really good kind of, let's say evenly, ma- like evenly matched battle, but it, it won't be one team running away with it 
early you know we're gonna, least, to, we're gonna think about this when we're doing our picks yeah yeah this one will this one will definitely be uh um you know an interesting one to, to pick for see if somebody wants to pull try and pick for an upset or not yeah. you know who knows it could be where it happens uh, but that game like we said is Vogue tech at Aponiquit. uh it's friday night at 6 30 p.m then we got a game, uh, Case at Fairhaven. The Cardinals have been pretty surprising this year, at least for us. We yeah, kind of snuck up on us at 3-0. I didn't even know they were 3-0 until I started looking it up and saying, all right, well, who have they played? What, what's their record now? And then I'm like, oh, wow, they're 3-0 going into this matchup. Um, you know, this is a, a big game for that South Coast Conference uh, small t- like title run you know i mean this could eliminate fairhaven yes. or keep them in it yes yeah if, if they, they lose this one they'll have lost the case and seekonk and you could they're pretty much out of yes it. yes if they win this one uh and then case beat seekonk then suddenly they're right there yeah so uh so you know they kind of control their own destiny fairhaven and fairhaven's coming off a pretty solid win over over wareham last week That's a, good word. To it was six. a solid win you yeah. know they didn't they didn't do anything crazy spectacular. They didn't get crazy. We don't have to against Wareham. No. You know, just kind of go out there, run your plays. They're, you know, they're going to be pretty successful. Wareham has about five or six legitimate football players out there. So, I mean, there's always going to be holes. There's always going to be got, you know, places where your offensive line is creating holes and blocks and, and, and vice versa uh, on defense. So, you know, they kind of went through. They went through. They executed everything. They finished drives, and that was a big thing for them was, you know, each time they drove the ball down, they didn't lose that momentum. They finished everything off with touchdowns. I think they scored what? They spread the ball out well. Four first half possessions they scored on. Yeah, exactly. And then the second half was kind of this weird second half where Fairhaven only had the ball once, really. They they kneeled it down at the very end for the last minute. But they had one possession in the middle. They actually kind of drove down the field and then kind of petered out. Yeah. So they only had really five possessions the entire wow. game. Uh, Wareham had two very – one drive took up more than the third quarter. Jeez, wow. Yeah. So Fairhaven did not have an offensive play in the third quarter of oh that game. Um, it, was, it was interesting because you, you kind of saw Wareham adjusting its game as it went. Uh, but Fairhaven didn't really have to. I mean, what they were doing was working. Yeah, and Owen, Owen And they Sibular. were just kind of giving the ball to the different running backs. Owen Sabula was very impressive. He's, he seemed like kind of their shiftiest back. Yes. Uh, the slipperiest guy. Uh, although I was actually uh, Drew McComber had a really impressive run. He's a hard guy to bring down. I think um, he had 60, 69 yards in the score. Yeah, and one of those was I want to say it was like a thirty-six yarder where he must have broken four or five tackles, spinning around, dragging wow. guys, stiff arms. He had one very impressive run, and then uh, they got kind of Zach Giot is is kind of the the fullback, the yep. you know power guy, power guy dives and you know between the between the guards usually. And then they, they uh, who's the, the fourth guy? Bogart, uh, yeah. Now, he wasn't used quite as much as the others. He's, he's the smallest of the backs. And, uh, you know, he could definitely, he's the kind of guy I might see them utilizing a little more in the screen games. He's used as a wide receiver. Yep. As well as a running back. But they're all dangerous weapons. Sabula was very impressive, though. He was yeah. uh, shiftier and slipperier and more elusive, and looser in the hips. It sounded like he had a, a pretty good game. He had the two touchdowns. He had 157 yards rushing on on 11 carries, and then he had an interception on defense. I mean, you know, chalk that up as a yeah, good day he, at the office. He, there. And, and he's uh, still a junior, so yeah. we got more to see out of him. And uh, Fairhaven ended up having uh, racking up 342 yards of total offense uh, against Wareham and. 332 came on the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. that wasn't a lot of... They weren't going to the path so much. So, no, no. You know, they, they didn't have to. It was, no. They were going to run until Wareham proved they could stop the run, and that never really happened. Yeah, and with Case, um, you know, I guess we... Uh, this past week, um, Chris Costa, which... 
I had thought he graduated. I guess apparently he hadn't, but uh, he, I guess he missed the first couple uh, or first couple weeks. I don't think he's uh, there in disguise or anything. <laughs> no. like, pretend. <laughs> uh, he sat out the first two weeks with a broken finger. Um, so last week he made his debut debut against Bourne um, in a 28 to 12 win, and he ended up. Uh, I guess it was on the first play. He carried the uh, the ball 21 uh, 21 yards, and then he scored. Um, uh, on an eight-yard run and just really set the tone in that game uh, for Case. Uh, so, you know, he ended up having 28 carries for 131 yards. He had the touchdown, um, and he, but he took a little bit of pressure off of their quarterback, mm-hmm. uh, Danny Silvia, or Silva, um, who has kind of carried the load, you know, with Costa the being weeks. the first two weeks. Um, but Silva, you know, he threw two touchdown passes, and he ran for another score too. So these are the two guys that really – um, you know, Fairhaven is gonna their defense is gonna have to focus on big time um, if they're hoping to to you know win this game and and to stay in that that uh, title race for the SEC small title. So and Costa for those that uh, might remember, he's Brendan Costa. Yes. Brendan Costa's little brother. Brendan Costa's playing at Bates now. He was uh, a freshman year. He played quarterback for New Bedford High. Yep. Uh, their family's from Westport, uh, and you know his dad was an assistant principal, I think, at the school. Anyways, that was why he was in New Bedford High. And they end up going to Case, and Brendan Costa had a quite successful yes, career there. Uh, unbelievable really career. Really kind of lifted the whole program up. Turned along it around, with the yep. There. And uh, his brother's a different type athlete, though. Yes. Brendan was kind of like a really solid, strong, but not tall and not big in stature. Chris is a little more lanky and long. He has long mm-hmm. strides, uh, but they're both just incredible athletes. Definitely. Uh, so that game is 7 o'clock Friday night, uh, Case at Fairhaven. So now uh, Wareham is traveling to Seekonk for a 7 o'clock game on Friday. Vikings still looking for their first win. Uh, Seekonk 1-2. and two. Yep. Um, not not sure if this is one where the Vikings get that first win. You know, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it sounds like it's going to be a work in progress for Wareham this year. You know, there's not a lot of athletes. There's not a lot of football nope. players. No. Um, you know, it sounds like they 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 continue to compete. You know, like they don't give they up. They did. They fought hard you know, they to fight. the end. Uh, Eric Zion ran really hard in the second half. And it'll be interesting to see because it, it seems like there's a little bit of a competing – uh, ideologies over there. So there's what Fran Cass wants to run, which is kind of this intricate, elaborate uh, passing game. He played a lot of 12 formation, 21 formation. And then in the second half, there's what they actually did well, which was just kind of simplify things. Mm-hmm. And a lot of Eric Zine off tackle sweeps, toss sweeps, like just get Zine the ball and he'll get you five yards. Yep. And so, I don't know if they would necessarily win games that way, but they keep them closer probably that way. So yeah. it's so it's a kind of almost puts you back in New Bedford a couple of years ago when they were like, we're going to implement this fairly intricate offense, and we know we're going to take our lumps with it because the kids aren't going to fully understand it at first. And after two or three years, they're really going to understand this offense, and then it'll kind of blossom eventually. Or do you just kind of go with, uh, hey, well, let's works. simplify things, limit possessions, lose 28 to 7 instead of losing 39 to nothing. Yeah. Uh my only my only worried about putting in some kind of offense that you hope is going to pay off two or three years from now is is it uh, going to be the same kids? You yeah, don't necessarily have be, a bunch of sophomores starting yeah, like you did in New Bedford. You know, I mean New Bedford kind of had that rare situation a few years ago where, you know, now they all knew this, they yeah. were going to have this crew together yeah, for years, so, yeah. Um but uh but you know, um it definitely uh I mean Seekonk I think I feel like Seekonk is a team that we don't really know. You know, they're one and two. You know, they beat Fairhaven two weeks ago. Um, that was like a 
defensive battle. Both teams struggled like offensively and, you know, um, you know, they, they emerged, I think it was what, eight to seven. No, was it seven we to six? They throw the ball a lot. Yes. But they're they not do. that successful. At no, it. no. Um, they, they lost a Stang to open the season. Yep. And they had the very low scoring game against Fairhaven and they didn't score much against Aponiquit either. No, no. They only scored one touchdown last week against, uh, you know, previously winless Aponiquit. Um, and it seems like they, had, uh, originally they had one guy at quarterback, Jared Morin, um, but they've actually been split in time with him and Robert Sheehan, uh, at least last week against Aponiquit. So those guys are both getting, you know, some, uh, some touches out of the backfield, uh, throwing the ball, but it just, it almost sounds like they need to maybe probably run the ball more, you know, like kind of go away from what they're known as doing because, yeah, they don't the, have, yeah, what was it, Terry Smith yeah, anymore. Yeah, right? yeah, so. you know, um, and they really didn't get onto like, against Aponiquit, they didn't score until about a minute and a half left in that game, and they were down 21 nothing. so it wasn't even like, you know, it was during the flow of the game, and um, so, you know, it was the second time um, this year that Seekonk has only scored once in the game. Uh, the Warriors are averaging just uh, 11.6 points per game while giving up uh, about 23, uh, so... You know, this not not to say this is a week that that Wareham has a shot, but depending on how Wareham plays and what they do, um, you know, they should be able to maybe be in this game. You know, and be yeah. I mean, I expect a similar score score to last week when they played Fairhaven. Yeah. You know, keep you know lose by two or three scores. Yeah, and maybe and maybe you know, kind of try and find that identity, try and figure out what do we want to do. Exactly. You know, like I think that's a huge that would be a huge thing for Wareham to come away from this game knowing like, all right, are we gonna simplify things? Are we gonna keep things you know intricate? Like, what are, what are we gonna do? You know, and move forward with that. So that game is Friday night, Wareham at Seekonk, 7 p.m. All right. So we talked about how the Whalers needed to win a game. The Dartmouth Indians in the same boat. Yes. Need to win this week. They got a pretty good opponent if you're trying to win in Durfee, who's been uh, struggling uh, to put points on the board this season. Yep. Uh, they're both, both teams entered this matchup 0-3. Um, uh, so it's uh, it's a must Something's win. Something's got to break. Some, or somebody's got to win, right? Um, you know, unless there's a tie. You know, every uh, once in a while there's a tie, right? We see that in the NFL now, right? All the time. Hey, hey Donovan, ties can happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, Durfee is coming off a uh, 42-0 to loss to Wellesley. Uh, and they've lost their first three games by a combined score of 75-7. to uh, being shut out, twice. and that's with one close game in there. Yes, yeah. Um, and their their lone touchdown <laughs> came in week two against Taunton, and that was a pretty close game. I don't have the score right in front of me, um, but you know Dartmouth. Not to say they haven't really done too much better. I know they they opened with um, God. I'm drawing a blank right now. Um, Central Catholic. C- Central Catholic. Um, I kept wanting to say Milton, which you, know, you knew was going to be a yeah. blowout loss. So. But then but, the Attleboro game was one that we thought was winnable. Yes. Um, but they've lost their first three games, a uh, combined score of 93 to 13. So, you know, they've scored one more touchdown than the Hilltoppers, but then they've given up, you know, about 18 points more. Um, and really last week, uh, Dartmouth's defense had no, no answer for uh, Milton's six foot four quarterback, um, Luke McMeehan. Uh, he threw three touchdown passes, including two on the first, uh, uh, you know, one, two on the first two possessions, the one on each of the first two possessions. And that really got Milton out ahead. And then it sounded like, um, 
you know, in the second half, Dartmouth pretty much played them even. Mm. You know, most of the points for Milton were scored in that first uh, half of that game, and then, then the then the defense ended up kind of buckling down at halftime and, and played a much better second half. But the Indians, um, I mean, they're just not doing enough on offense right now. They had 47 rushing yards, 87 passing yards, and uh, and they were shut out for the first time this year. Um, you know, in that game last week, so that they don't. I believe they don't have a rushing touchdown this season. No, they do not. They do not. Which I was surprised. Which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the two touchdowns have come on on throws. Long, so. long time away from the Chris Martin era here. Yes. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. So I mean, this will be a game uh, like Brendan was saying that that is winnable. Um, you know, maybe it'll and is a must win. Like it is Medford. a must win. If you're going to make the tournament, it, at this point, is put you in a big, big, big hole. Yeah. Because I think after this week, I think they have Bridgewater random next week New Bedford. and then new Bedford. And then I'm trying to think, um, who their last one is before the PR one. Yeah. That's can't count on a win there. No. So this and is new Bedford. You can't, I mean, that's probably gonna be an awesome game. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if both teams, maybe both teams will Hopefully it's anything, something like turn things year. around. Yeah. Um, going here. So, so that game, um, you know, I mean, it, it's, I'm sure Durfee is feeling the same thing. Like we got to win this game too. It's at Durfee. Um, but you know, I think, I think the Indians have a really good shot this week and hopefully everything can kind of come together for them. Um, you know, and, and they can get finally get on that, uh, win column. And so getting, that, getting some points will loosen yeah. things up. You know, I'm sure yes. kids are playing a little bit tight now. Yes. We're not making mistakes, really pressing. So yeah. getting some points on the board, getting the end zone a few times should just loosen up everything. Yep. And that game is Friday night, 7 o'clock at Durfee. And one last game, a Saturday game. Not Old Colony as usual, though. No. Bishop Stang, our other, we're, we're bookending with the undefeated teams here. We yes. started with Old Rochester 3-0. Finishing up with Bishop Stang at, uh, oh, yeah, at... Versus Carver at Sacred Heart. Yes. Throwing me off a little bit here. A little bit. A little bit. Well, I, I was told that... So it's that, a co-op, right? Yes, Carver's it's a Sacred co-op. Is a co-op. Usually the games are at Carver, but Carver's field is being... Um Renovated, you know, renovated. Yeah. Yes. So the game is at Sacred Heart, and that's that's why it was moved. It was originally a, a Friday night game, but it was moved to Saturday morning, which I'm glad uh, Coach Golden told me this last week because <laughs> we still had it originally scheduled for Friday night. So that's good for us to know that. Yes. Do not show up at Carver at seven o'clock on Friday night. You'll no. Be very lonely. No. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think one year, one year Ed Collins covered. Uh, it was it was a Thanksgiving Day game, and it was staying at Bishop Fian Thanksgiving morning, and there had been some snow or something or like, or it had rained the night before and they canceled the game and moved it to the Friday and nobody told anybody. <laughs> and on Thanksgiving morning at 10 a.m., Ed Collins was at Bishop Fian and there was literally no nobody one there. there. Um, so yeah, don't, don't be like Ed Collins at going to Carver. Um, but yeah, uh, so, so okay, it's a f- we should do, we should do a new segment on this uh, podcast every week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't be like Ed Collins story. I'm sure yeah. we could come up with enough to get to the rest of football I, pro- season. Probably. Um, so this is the first, First year of a co-op. Didn't you first see him at a, or maybe that was Tim Weiss. Yes, it covered was a, in mud at a, or something at a. Uh, or was that Tim I, no, I met I met Ed the first first time I met Ed. This was many years ago at Dighton Rehoboth, the press box uh, covering a football game. Can't remember who Dighton Rehoboth was playing, but I was at the Taunton Gazette at the time, and I couldn't couldn't believe somebody was covering high school football and complaining so much about <laughs> covering high school football it. and didn't enjoy it. I was like, I was shocked. Um, yeah, so. Uh, 
I don't know Maybe if he was, was it Tim show. Tim, yeah, Tim showed up late at Durfee, covered in mud. He dropped his laptop or his laptop bag in mud at you know uh, halfway through the game or a third of the way through the game and needed uh, stats. And I was nice enough to to give him some stats. As you always and, are. Yeah. So um, I'm sure he paid it back in a hot chocolate sometime later. Pro- probably. I'm assuming so. Well, anyway, there's football anyway, to be played yes, here on yeah, Saturday. Yeah, we don't want to. I mean, Stan can't. Yeah, we got to talk about Bishop. Yeah, Stang. Bishop Stang I mean, they're, shot. They're, Shot it going four and oh my god did did, who, did anybody predict this? I mean, I mean, I think we thought they'd be better, but not this much better. No, no, and I think a lot of it is their defense. You know, I mean, their offense is you know kind of clicking on all cylinders. We've given Justin Lopes a lot of love, love. but the defense deserves just as much. Yeah, I mean, the defense last week um, ended up holding Sandwich to seven seven points in that game, and just all season the defense just seemed like seems like it's been coming up with one big play after another. A lot of turnovers. <laughs> Three turnovers they forced last week. Um, Eric Payette, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it or not, but uh, he had a fumble recovery and an interception last week, and Matt uh, Pollock's had an interception um, in that game. Two big defensive plays, and they really kind of, you know, you say they won 22-7. to Oh, maybe they didn't need that, but they did. Um, they lost Justin Lopes uh, right before halftime. Um, he ended up scoring a, on a one-year touchdown run but get, got banged up on the play. Um, and did not come back in the second half, you know, to, to play that game. And But Tim Manley Jr. stepped up. Yeah, he had a couple touchdowns in that uh, big fourth quarter to, to lift, you know, keep them undefeated. He ended up fa- finding the end zone twice in the um, last eight minutes. He had a four-yard touchdown run to put them up 16-7. Uh, to seven. And then uh, two minutes later, with about five minutes left in the game, he ended up punching in from two yards out and, uh, you know, and, and kind of carried them to victory and really helped them out. And there. he has some experience under center. He's made the play yep. calls before. Well, he wasn't playing quarterback. He was, he was playing oh. running back. Yep. Okay, so who's stepping James up quarterback? It was James D., uh, oh, that's right, senior. The yeah. yeah I, he, I remember I took some pictures of him in the preseason. Yeah, he came in, um, and he did, uh, according to Coach Golden. Senior? Yep, a senior. Yeah. That's what uh, at least what Dennis said. I, I didn't double-check on the roster. I just assumed that that was right because he said that. But uh, he said he did a great job at QB. Um, so we'll see this week. Um, I haven't got the official report on uh, on Lopes's, you know, status. Yeah, we'll see how he's doing. We'll but, see how. Uh, it seems like this is a team that has enough weapons that uh, they could make up for that. Yep, and uh, you know, and, and Carver is a team that, uh, you know, I think you know they got their first win um, this past week. They ended up uh, beating. It was uh, actually no, they ended up losing to Randolph, uh, twelve to seven. Um, but they've been outscored a combined 54-31 in their first three games, a uh, pair of losses, and then their win was week two uh, over Blue Hills, 24-14. to But it just sounds like maybe this is, not to say this this team isn't at the same level as Stang, but they're not. You know, I mean, Stang is, you know, more experienced, has kind of, you know, more talent, you know, playing a little bit tougher competition. Yep. Um, so, you know, we'll see how, uh, you know, if we have, if Justin Lopes is back or not, um, and then, you know, let's kind of see what that they can do without him if he's not back, you know, we'll but see if, what James D can do. And, uh, yep. you know, they said, still got Tim Manley Jr. So got Eric Camacho out there catching the ball. He's still leading the area in receiving yardage, uh, over 260. Yeah. Already through just three games. And uh, and like I said, that and game. And uh, Matt Pollock is also can uh, We saw how dangerous he was at the end of last season in the backfield. Yep. And uh, that game, like we said, is Saturday. It's 11 o'clock, and that is at Sacred Heart. Um, uh, the, you know, Bishop Tang versus Carver at, at Sacred Heart. Heart. Yes. And uh, I guess the big storyline you know, this week is our two undefeated teams, Stang and Old Rochester, both might be without their top player. 
Yeah, and those are the two leading touchdown guys in the whole yeah. area right now. Lopes has seven, yep. and Will Garcia has six so far. So, uh, you know, we'll see We'll see if either of those guys are able to play on uh, uh, this weekend. Like, a, I, would, I was going to say Friday night, but I know saying it's game yeah, Saturday. But, exclusively. Uh, see, if, uh, see if they can play this weekend, and then, uh, you know, see if their teams even need them. You know, that's the other question, too, is, you know, if somebody's a little bit banged up and you don't know if you necessarily need need them, you know, maybe rest, you know, rest them and have them come back next week. Yep. But, uh, but we'll see what for that goes. And, and we'll the see. other two are the, the two winless teams. Well, four, we got their back against the wall. Four winless teams. Four, but two, two that I think still have real postseason yes. hopes. Yes, yes. Two yes. that were planning on making the playoffs probably this year and yeah. still are probably harboring yes. those dreams. So yeah. I think New Bedford and Dartmouth, this yeah. is their last chance to turn their seasons around. Yeah, so... All right. Well, that was a full slate of games that we have going yeah, on. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at SC underscore Varsity, on Instagram at SC Varsity. You can read all the stuff at SouthCoastVarsity.com, SouthCoastToday.com. Follow us on Facebook, all the social media. If you like this podcast, please give us a nice, good rating, four or five stars, whatever the top amount is. Just give us that. Tw- 20 stars, maybe? 20 stars. However many stars they let you give us. We know you enjoy the podcast, and uh, we'll enjoy Friday night and Saturday afternoon. <laughs>